Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Today, I have such a good informative episode for you. I've been really excited to make this episode for you guys. I've known about this information for a few years now, but I've done so much more extra research in the last few weeks. I feel like I'm fully ready to talk to you guys about this topic, and I'm so excited to make this episode because By the end of it, I'm hoping that you will get so much more insight and knowledge about yourself and your relationships with other people, especially romantic relationships in your life and the relationship that you have with yourself and how to strengthen those and how to create overall more peace and more love and more fulfillment in all of your relationships. The topic I want to teach you guys about today is called the theory of attachment. This was made by John Bowlby back in the 1950s. And it basically helps you understand the science and the psychology behind the nature of your emotions and your attachment with other people in your life, as well as helping you understand why your relationships may be succeeding and why some of them may be failing and why some of them may just have a lot of problems and why they keep coming up, why you keep getting the same issues within your relationships, especially your romantic relationships, and how you can solve that and how you can understand why they're coming up so that you can make the change to have peaceful, harmonious, joyous, and ultimately just really fulfilling relationships in your life. So there are two main types of attachment styles that you can have with other people. And this mostly evolves around your romantic relationships. So if you're dating someone, if you're married to someone, if you're in a relationship with someone, or if you're just going out and dating people, these two main types of attachment styles are a secure attachment and then an insecure attachment. And under insecure attachments, there are three main types of insecure attachments that you can have. One being anxious, one being avoidant, and one being fearful. And depending on which attachment style you have, this is actually a reflection of your relationship that you had with one of your parents or both of your parents when you were a young, young child, possibly before you can even remember, before the age of four, and especially when you were an infant, you know, before you could even talk or when, when you were still being fed by the tit, right? So this is something that you can't necessarily just remember and be like, oh yeah, I had this relationship with my dad or it was exactly like this with my mom because these are all things that happened so early in our childhood and that is what made our understanding of love and attachment initially be created. So it's the way our brains are wired and how we feel about getting close, getting intimate and sharing love with other people. That all starts from a very, very, very early age And for those who had really loving parents who had the time to raise their kids and weren't stressed about all these other factors in life and could actually give their baby what it needed at an early age, this usually is what 
creates a secure attachment style in someone. And in saying that, not every adult who has a secure attachment style had a really good upbringing or had all of their needs met at an early age and as an infant because thankfully our attachment style can change as we grow up if we work on ourselves and we work on our childhood traumas and our relationship with ourselves and our parents and with other people then that can actually change so if you work on your insecure attachment style you can eventually end up having a secure attachment style now secure attachment style are the ones that are idealized because well long story short there's way less drama People with a secure attachment are comfortable displaying interest and affection and intimacy with other people. They're also very comfortable being alone and independent. They are able to correctly prioritize their relationship with their life and their own passions and interests. They are good at problem solving in a relationship rather than getting defensive or attacking the other person. They are highly resilient. They are emotional, intelligent, and self-aware. They have positive core beliefs about love and relationships and intimacy. They give and receive love very easily. They are not dramatic. They don't put up with anyone else's drama either. They are comfortable with being vulnerable with other people, but sometimes they can be seen as boring because you know, secure attachments is not something that you see in romantic films because there isn't any drama in it. There's no push in this pull. They're very secure with each other and everything's just peaceful and joyous and loving. People with a secure attachment style also make really good family members and friends. They have little issue trusting other people and they're also trustworthy themselves. According to research, 50% of the population has a secure attachment style. Now, moving on to the insecure attachment styles. People with an insecure attachment usually will have a dysfunctional or a slightly unhealthy romantic relationship with someone they are wanting to be in a relationship with or dating or possibly even married to. Insecure attachments start at a very early age and are influenced by how you relate to your parents, either one of them or both of them as an infant. The relationship you have with your parents is the most important relationship of a child's life and it is the first relationship of a child's life. So this is like naturally setting up the blueprint for how you perceive all relationships in your life for the rest of your life unless you become self-aware of it and can rewire your brain differently. So these insecure attachment styles show you that something happened to you when you were young or a relationship with a specific caregiver when you were young that made you associate connection and love with pain. And because of that, now that you're grown up in adulthood, you have an unconscious effort to constantly escape connection and love because that is your way of protecting yourself and it is a defense mechanism and a lot of people are unaware that they're even doing this and that they even have a fear of being close and connecting and sharing love with other people. 
So the three types of insecure attachment styles is, once again, anxious, avoidance, and fearful. Now I'm going to break these down for you and explain all of these three so you can figure out which one you may be. I'm going to start with the anxious attachment style. People with an anxious attachment style are often nervous and stressed out about their relationships. They need constant reassurance and affection from their partner. They have trouble being alone or being single. They have trouble trusting people, even if they're close to them. Their behavior can be irrational, sporadic, and overly emotional. They have a hard time believing that you truly love them. Their sense of self always depends on how their partner sees them. They can be very clingy or possessive or jealous. They're always wanting and needing reassurance from their partner. They will change anything about themselves to please their partner. They have a low sense of self-worth and they tend to idealize their other partner. They put a lot of pressure on their partner and exhaust them quite a bit as well because they're constantly wanting them to remind them that they love them. Losing their sense of connection to someone they love feels like they're dying. And a lot of people with an anxious attachment style, whether they do this consciously or unconsciously, they will use their pain of not being with their loved one to control their partner and make their partner fear their own suffering. And because of all that, being in a relationship with someone with an anxious attachment style can feel quite smothering and that you can never give them enough, that you can never give them enough time and love and affection because they're always going to doubt your love for them. According to research, 23% of the population have an anxious attachment style. For these people, as infants, they would receive love and care with extreme unpredictability and sufficiency from their caregivers. Because of that, they generally have a positive view of others, but a negative view of themselves. And they rely too heavily on their romantic relationships for their own self-esteem. The avoidant attachment style is the next type of insecure attachment style that you can have. People with an avoidant attachment style are usually seen as extremely independent, self-directed, and often uncomfortable with intimacy. They usually have a fear around commitment and are experts at rationalizing their way out of any intimate situation. A common example of someone with an avoidant attachment style would be a man who is a workaholic, works way too many hours at the end of the week, and gets annoyed when women he dates want to start seeing them more and wanting to start getting serious. Not everyone with an avoidant attachment style is a guy though. Of course, girls can have avoidant attachment styles as well. Some other traits of having an avoidant attachment style you're basically always looking for reasons to emotionally distant yourself from your partner. They often feel suffocated in relationships. They're usually known as the emotionally unavailable ones, which usually means that they had emotionally unavailable parents, or at least one of them was as well. 
They are great at using humor or sarcasm to avoid intimacy. They can seem very closed off. They have a huge fear of abandonment. They are known to keep up their walls and not put down their walls. They don't like deep conversations and making eye contact. They shame display of emotions in others, such as boys be boys, haha, don't be a pussy, whatever, whatever that means, you know, guys can't have emotions, duh. Um, they have a fear of getting too close to others. They seek intensity outside of their relationships a lot. So these people are usually more prone to getting addicted to things like gambling and clubbing and drinking and drugs because they're looking for that high outside of their romantic relationships because they're just so scared to get so deep and involved and connected with the person they love or they might be falling in love with. They are really uncomfortable being vulnerable. They have usually a delayed response as well. Like if you're someone who opens up your emotions to them and they take a really long time to respond, it's because they're afraid to just say what they actually feel and express their emotions and they want to have like this more logical response and non-emotional. So they usually take a long time to respond to any form of intimate and deep Uh, emotional conversation that you're trying to have with them they are usually quite disconnected to their emotions and they also tend to have quite a high income because a lot of them end up being workaholics but in saying that their high income doesn't necessarily give them a feeling of satisfaction in life and they're usually quite unhappy because let's face it unfulfilling relationships lead to an unfulfilling life At this point, you may be noticing that some people in your life are having this avoidant attachment style, someone you've dated in the past, or perhaps realizing that this may be you and you may be questioning how someone gets an avoidant attachment style to start with. And once again, this is developed in early childhood and usually means that as an infant, they got some of their needs met by their caregivers, while other needs were completely neglected and disregarded. As an example, a baby could get fed regularly, but they're not held enough or not given enough touch and intimacy, physical intimacy. So a lot of times, it's actually more common that men will have an avoidant attachment style. And personally, I believe this doesn't have anything to do with gender. I'm not a huge fan in believing that, you know, men are a certain way and women are a certain way. I kind of like blending the genders together and I'm more about educating people on how alike we are rather than how different we are. But the reason why more men will be avoiding attachment style is because in our society, we kind of are socially conditioned to raise boys and men that they aren't allowed having aren't allowed having emotions they aren't allowed showing and displaying their emotions and when it comes to physical intimacy and touch with their parents they tend to just like forget about their boys and like they'll do it with the daughters and you know daughters will sit on daddy's lap but as a son and depending on which culture and country you grow up in some cultures and countries and societies 
don't do that and they feel that it's very awkward. So a lot of men and a lot of boys are getting deprived of this physical intimacy and touch at a really young age and that leads them to having not all of their needs met and having some of their needs, which physical intimacy and touch is a need. And I'm not talking about sex. I mean like just physically touching each other. We are interdependent humans. If you're not getting any of that as a child, then that means that one of your needs is being completely neglected and disregarded, which ends up, which is the recipe to uh, get an avoidant attachment style. So that is my kind of theory of it. But of course, girls can also have an avoidant attachment style as well. So in saying all that, unlike the anxious attachment style people who usually have a negative view on themselves, and a positive view on other people, people with an avoidant attachment style usually have a positive view of themselves, but a negative view of others and believe that they can never trust anyone. They don't like the idea of being dependent of anyone at all, and they usually don't feel that they need others for emotional support, which is a lie. We are interdependent beings and we need each other and our need for connection and healthy relationships is more important than food and water. And according to research, 25% of the population have an avoidant attachment style. And last but not least, this last little 2% of the population are the people with the last insecure attachment style, which is the fearful attachment style which is basically the anxious and the avoidant attachment style put together. So I'm quite glad that it's only 2% of the population, but I really, really can't help but feel for these people. Um, They usually grew up in really fucking chaotic childhood situations with parents who weren't fulfilling fulfilling hardly any of their needs. So they end up growing up and having the traits of both anxious and avoidant attachment styles. They are really unpredictable in relationships. They will always sabotage what they want the most. They self-sabotage all of the time. They get really angry and aggressive if anyone wants to show them any sign of love or care or intimacy. They bounce between the avoidant and anxious attachment styles all the time or both at the same time they absolutely crave and are starved of love and intimacy yet they are so scared and so uncomfortable with affection and they have the most extreme defense mechanisms people who grow up to have a fearful attachment style usually come from an abusive and terribly neglected childhood. They have often a hard time relating to their peers or anyone at all. They seek both intimacy and independence and romantic interactions, sometimes simultaneously, I never know how to say that word, which as you can imagine, leads to some pretty messed up and really dysfunctional relationships. But in saying all that, I want to remind you again 
that whatever attachment style you have, if you have any type of insecure attachment style, you can work on yourself. You can get counseling, you can get help, you can get coaching, you can do personal development, spiritual development, such as listening to these podcasts and working on yourself and taking that time and honoring yourself to and really have a desire to work past those limitations and rewire the brain, your brain and work past those belief structures on intimacy and love that you created in your head as an infant and that you can learn to have a secure attachment style even if you come from a fearful attachment style. Now in saying all that you may have listened to all of this and say well I feel like I'm a little bit of a mixture of both or two and that you may be thinking you're you have a fearful attachment style which isn't necessarily the case so we all have like a core blueprint and a core attachment style you usually are more of one and then you may have a few tendencies of the others of the others even if you have a secure attachment style right now you may have just a little bit of tendencies of the anxious or the avoidant attachment style And just a quick recap and overview of all the attachment styles. The secure attachment style is roughly 50% of the population and they have a positive view of themselves and a positive view of other people. The anxious, insecure attachments are roughly 23% of the population and they have a negative view of themselves and a positive view of others. The avoidant attachment styles will usually have a positive view on themselves and a negative view of others. This is roughly 25% of the population. And then the fearful, insecure attachment styles usually have a negative view of themselves and a negative view of others. And this makes up roughly 2% of the population. Now, in learning how to heal from your insecure attachments is definitely working on yourself, but just a few tips as a generalization, people with an anxious attachment style, it is really important for them to cultivate a skill that has nothing to do with other people or relationships. Someone who is avoidant, it is really good to practice being vulnerable with other people and telling them how much they mean to you. And when telling them, don't just text it to them, say it to them in person and also try making eye contact with them while telling them this. And people with a fearful attachment style, so important to learn to trust yourself and learn to trust others and learn to just gain that trust back in life in general because and you need to have time and patience with yourself because you have been so hurt and so scarred and honestly mistreated as a child so just have so much love and so much compassion for yourself and it is also really good to work through your childhood trauma now once you've digested all of that information i'm going to dive in a little bit deeper now that you've understood the four different attachment style types, I'm going to talk about how these play out in the dating scene and what it's like when all of these adults around the world with all of these different attachment styles start going out in the wide open world and start dating each other. So for common sense sake, people with a secure attachment are usually more likely to end up with other people with a secure attachment and are usually much more attracted to others with a secure attachment style as well. 
And in saying that, people with a secure attachment are also capable of dating, aka also handling dating others who have a insecure attachment style, such as an anxious or an avoidant type. And that's not always the case though. It depends hugely on the person and how much they love this other person and want to be with this other person. Because many times a person with a secure attachment won't put up with the drama or the distance or the clinginess from anyone else who has an insecure attachment. They'll just get up and leave or they'll be like, cool, we can be friends, but you're not dating material. And other people will find themselves in a situation where they're really in love with this other person. So they almost kind of want to guide and help this other person with an insecure attachment style. And these are all things we do unconsciously because a lot of people don't even know of the attachment styles, but they're just doing this anyway. So it is capable that someone with a secure attachment style will date someone with an insecure attachment style and they will definitely strongly affect each other. And usually one thing will happen and that is that the person with a secure attachment style will teach the other person with an insecure attachment style how to have more of a secure attachment with other people in a relationship and this is a blessing this is so healthy if you ever have this opportunity you should be so grateful but in saying that the reverse can also happen and tendencies of a person with a secure attachment style might start developing characteristics of an insecure attachment style, especially if it's someone who didn't get all their needs met as a child in their early childhood and have worked on themselves as an adult, they're more likely to be able to slip into their old patterns if they haven't fully, fully healed. So or if they've recently healed as well, if they're fresh from learning how to have more of a secure attachment and then they get straight back into a relationship with someone who has an insecure attachment, they're more likely to be affected and slip back into their old, unhealthy, dysfunctional ways of being in a relationship with someone. So it's very important that if you're understanding these attachment styles to not let yourself be negatively affected into coping and getting traits of the wrong or of an insecure attachment style should I say and people with an insecure attachment style will most likely be attracted to and just attract someone in their life in a romantic relationship who also has an insecure attachment style but funnily enough the opposites actually attract so avoidant and anxious attachment styles will usually end up dating each other and that is because they are attracted to the lack of fear that the other partner has that the other person doesn't have so they're basically inspired by each other's opposite strengths and differences and it also strongly reflects the relationship that they had with their parent or caregiver when they were a young child and that's how they relate and that's their understanding of love and that is the most familiar to them so they will automatically be more drawn to that even if that's an unhealthy and dysfunctional style of relationship and an unhealthy dysfunctional way of an insecure attachment style, that's what you're familiar with. That is what you know. That is all you've ever known. And so that is something you're naturally going to be more drawn to. 
These types of relationships with an anxious and an avoidant attachment style, when they date each other, these relationships are usually very fiery, quite roller coaster rides, and in the end, they're usually really unfulfilling. And they're the type of relationships where your family and friends just don't get it, and you're like, why do you keep going back? Why are you in a relationship with this person? And it's just this extreme draw that you have towards this person, and unconsciously, you may have no idea why you're so drawn and attracted to this person, but you just keep going back. And in these type of relationships dynamic, it is this constant like push and pull game where the avoidant will never give enough and the anxious will be too needy and never feel like they're getting enough. And it's this constant cycle and how it usually plays out is the anxious person will finally end up leaving and because their love cup isn't getting fulled and then the avoidant who has this huge fear of abandonment will feel finally safe to show their love and intimacy and affection so that they get this person back because they're too scared to have that feeling of abandonment. So they'll end up being romantic and being loving when they feel that their other partner who is anxious is pulling away or wanting to leave. And then the anxious person will give in because they're not leaving this person because they don't love them. They're leaving them because they feel unloved. And so finally when they get this feeling of being loved again from the avoidant then they'll jump straight back in the relationship and then eventually the avoidant person will be like okay this is way too lovey-dovey we're getting way too close I'm feeling you know too uncomfortable with this intimacy and then they'll end up going back in their old patterns and they'll end up drawing away and then the anxious person will you know feel once again that they're not getting enough and it'll end up being this repeated cycle of pushing and pulling and one feeling like they're being smothered and one feeling like they're not getting enough Another reason why people with an avoidant attachment style will usually end up in a relationship with someone with an anxious attachment style is because two avoidants are not going to chase each other. And someone, for example, with a secure attachment, if they're in a relationship with an avoidant and they start avoiding them or pulling away, someone with a secure attachment style is going to be like, cool, I'm never going to be fulfilled in this relationship because you keep pulling away so I'm going to walk away now whereas someone with an anxious attachment style will be like oh no they're pulling away and they'll be the only ones willing to put in the work and stick around and put in that effort extra effort to get the person with an avoid attachment style to open up and bring them closer together many times you see this with people okay I'm going to give a very classic example of this and this is a huge generalization this isn't you know the case for everyone but what's very common or what I've seen in in my reality in my life is that he'll be a charming man like a ladies boy and he'll be really good at dating other women and a lot of women will just be totally attracted to him and he'll be really good at dating he'll have fun he'll be in his comfort zone and then when he finds a woman he really likes or when a woman really likes him back and she's wanting to start seeing him more and start getting serious then he'll pull away and the woman with the anxious insecure attachment will then become more determined by a man who's pushing her away because in her subconscious mind it's this reenactment of what she had as a child and it's the type of love that's reflected to 
what the type of attachment that she had with her parent. So when he pulls away, she's like, oh no, I feel like I'm losing love, like I'm not worthy, like I'm not enough. And she wants that feeling of worthiness and approval from this man that she's relating to her parent or one of her caregivers when she was a kid. So subconsciously, that's what's going on in her mind and she just doesn't want to be left alone. She doesn't want to die. She doesn't want to be this rejected child. So she's seeing this man as the parent that she wanted the most attention and love from as a child that she never ended up getting. So she'll be determined to get that man's attention and get that man's love back like it was when they first met, like when they were dating and everything was good for the the avoidant guy because he was in his comfort zone and when then things started getting better and closer and more intimate he got uncomfortable he pushed her away and she's like no 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 I need him back and she gets so determined to get him back and you see this so often again and it, the gender roles can be swapped as well this isn't like a gender thing and then what ends up happening is the person with the avoidant attachment style will be like, yes, finally I'm worthy of being loved, like someone actually likes me. And they kind of feed off of that, that like someone's like begging them for more. They they love it, you know, that's their reassurance that they are worthy and they are loved and they are enough and they're relating that with their relationship that they had with one of their parents in their childhood. So as you can see, when this bond and this attachment style starts at a really young age that's just how your brain is is wired and and that will never ever change until you become aware of it and until you make that choice and put in the effort for that to change so if you're listening to that right now and you're like whoa I have an insecure attachment style and wow I want that to change it is really important to take on this advice and go on and do some more research read books read websites read blogs watch videos watch watch documentaries whatever you can to find out more about this topic and get closer to where you want to be and trust me the work is so worth it you can be someone with an insecure attachment style and be in a long-term marriage like i'm not saying that if you have an insecure attachment style you won't be in a relationship you definitely can be and you can have an insecure attachment style your whole life and you can also think you're happy in a relationship but studies show that if you're someone with a secure attachment style and if you have a relationship with someone with a secure attachment style as well, you will overall just have a much happier, consistently fulfilling, peaceful, harmonious, joyful, sexy, juicy, loving relationship. And that'll play out in all aspects in your life as well. You will overall feel way more fulfilled in your life. So please, if you're listening to this and you're feeling triggered or you're feeling inspired to take action or you're feeling some kind of emotion from this episode, please do something about it and do some more research. There is a test that you can do online to see how far you are in which attachment style. So sometimes you can be majority secure and then a little bit avoidant or majority avoidant and a little bit anxious or whatever the case may be. So I will attach that personality test, the attachment style test in the show notes for you to click on and discover yourself if you haven't you know, if you're still listening to this and are clueless to what you may be, then you can do that test online as well. It's very helpful. And from there, you can choose to 
take into account and take action steps, little action steps on what you're learning and create more functional, healthy relationships in your life. I hope you guys could understand and enjoy this episode. If you want to get in touch with me about this or want to know more, you can contact me on Instagram or Facebook. And I hope you have an amazing day ahead of you. And I wish you all healthy, happy, and loving relationships with others and yourself. If you like this episode and are enjoying the Elevate Your Soul podcast, please help support me by sharing it with somebody you know who could benefit from this episode or from this podcast by copying and pasting the link. I would also love it if you could write me a review on whatever app you're listening to this on. It really helps get this information and content out there. And if you'd like to help out the podcast even more by helping me get the resources I need and keeping it ad-free, please support me through my Patreon website at patreon.com slash elevateyoursoul. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash elevateyoursoul. Any support is greatly appreciated. 